Curtain going up. Curtain going up. Places, please. Overture, stand by. Ladies and gentlemen, she comes to you from the cornfields of Indiana. She loves the Constitution more than she likes most people. Allow me to introduce Shouse in the House. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shouse in the House. I'm your host, literally Heather, and I know you are so excited for this episode. You guys have been begging for it, and I finally was able to make it happen. Um, I'm very excited. I have Palmetto State Armory with me today, and specifically Josiah and Cameron. And I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves and talk about like what their roles are within the organization. But um, first of all, thank you, gentlemen, very much for joining me today. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to start with you guys, what your role is, um, how long you've been with the company. Josiah, I know you are a bit longer than Cameron, I think, um, but kind of talk about how you got started. And then if you don't care to kind of segue into how Palmetto State Armory came to be in the first place, because entering the gun world, like if you are somebody who's been into guns for any amount of time, you know, you hear the traditional names like SIG and Remington and stuff like that. And so you're coming into a market that has been in place for decades, eons, centuries, not really, but you know what I mean? Um, so can you kind of talk me through how you guys decided to enter the game and what that's been like for you guys? Uh, Josiah, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of segue into how PSA started. Cameron, do you want to just give a quick intro yeah. onto, into what you do in the company? Then I'll go as, as far as how PSA started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my name's Cameron. Uh, I've been with the company seven and a half years, going to be eight years here soon. Um, I started at the company as a compliance manager, uh, did a lot of the ATF side of things in the manufacturing side. Um, and then I moved up to a corporate kind of compliance role where I kind of traveled around went all over to our, our sister companies and all of our FFLs and just made sure that we were good, all the guns and all that. Um, and then I moved on to quality control. I ran quality control for about two years. Um, and then I ran manufacturing uh, assembly and all that for about another two and a half years. And now my current role is a uh, brand manager for Palmetto State Armory. So uh, my job is to kind of keep PSA pushing into the future. Um, I, I work a lot with the, the engineering team on aesthetics, design, style. Um, one of my babies, my project that I worked on was the Sabre line, our new AR-15 line that we launched at SHOT Show. Um, so that whole project was mine. So I do a lot of... Um, I do a lot of a little, I guess I should say, like I have hands kind of in a lot of different projects. Um, I do a lot, you know, with Josiah on the social media side, you know, Josiah handles a lot of the, the forum side. I do a lot with the Facebook, the Instagram, um, you know, even helping out people on Twitter, you know, and talking to people on Twitter and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I'm a, I love what we do. I love who we are. I love our guns. I'm very passionate. I'm a gun guy. I love doing like all this cool stuff behind me here is all a lot of that stuff is what I've done and what I've worked on. So, um, yeah, the goal for me though, is, is to try and push PSA into the future to kind of keep us going, be connected with customers, uh, kind of get some feedback and go back and forth with them going forward and working on some new gun projects and other accessory projects. Awesome. Josiah, you want to give us a background of you and then segue? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, so as an employee, I've been a look with a PSA for a little over eight years now. My role in the company, I've got a couple different ones. Uh, number one, affiliate marketing manager. I deal with a lot of different, you know, folks who are YouTubers, websites who promote PSA stuff. 
um, as well as uh, let, yes, Heather. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a like, QR like, code that is in the top of your screen right now. If you want to take a picture of that and go to PSA's website, it won't hurt my feelings at all. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so we work. We, uh, so I do affiliate marketing, and then I do consumer relations too, like Cameron Cameron was talking about. I hit a lot of the forums like air15.com and whatnot. Um, and then I, I handle when customers have issues that uh, they get frustrated with um, that can't seem to be solved through normal channels. I help out there. Um, I do tours of PSA and then Cameron and I hit all the podcasts that we can. Um, so a lot of, like Cameron said, a lot of different, uh, our, our hands are in a lot of different pots. Um, as far as the beginning of the company, I was an owner for the first five years. So my total is about 13 and a half, maybe a little bit more. But for the first five years, I was an owner. Um, Jamin and I started the company out of his garage. Uh, we both were basically tired of our jobs and needed some, we wanted something new. <laughs> and we, uh, so we threw around some ideas and uh, PSA is an ultimate, long story short, ultimately what we uh, landed on. And uh, we started with uh, four products. Uh, they were magazines, Black Dog Machine mags, Checkmate Industry mags, Magpul mags, and oh, I'm forgetting. There's something else, but there was four mag Lancer mags. So we started off selling those out of, out of the garage and doing gun shows. And within the first two months, we expanded. We uh, started buying from Wolf. We got Wolf Ammunition and Privy Partisan. And then, and then Obama got elected and things went crazy. So, um, right. but the start of the company was basically just do processing online orders during the week and then gun shows on the weekends. Then Obama got elected, things went crazy. And then as far as where the manufacturing started, we actually, we used to buy uh Magpul P mags from DSG defense solutions group. And instead of them shipping us a box of P mags, they shipped us a box of buffer tubes. My brother pulled one out and he said, Ooh, this is cool. We need to start making ARs now. So out of that buffer <laughs> tube misshipment, um, we were so we were horizontally integrated. You know, we started calling different companies. We had another company making lowers for us and we got other people to do it for us. And then as you know, election cycles and different things happen in the world, when things would get real tight, we would kind of get pinched off. So my brother's like, you know what? Let's start this vertical integration. Let's start making the stuff ourselves. So that's what led to him buying DC machine um, from basically now making every part of uh, the AR to now we're making, you know, almost everything on dagger AKs and whatnot. So that really started to the pinching of the um, supply chains during tough times led to him doing what he's doing today, which is vertical integration and us, our main thing in the background is being a manufacturer. That's mainly what we do is manufacturing and then but we do it for ourselves. So I want to talk about that transition, right? When you guys started really getting into the manufacturing side yourselves, were you accepted within the community? Like, did you feel like the other industries were like, great, we have a new competitor, but we're all here for the same purpose. Do you feel like, <laughs> Cameron's like, no, I, I'm curious how your reception has been within the community. I know, um, I know you guys, you guys are like the Amazon of guns now at this point. And I say that like not in jest, like you have coffee now, you have, like you guys are starting to expand and literally be the one-stop shop for everything you would need for firearms. And that 
is amazing and why I love you guys as an organization, why I wanted to partner with you. Like, it's just, I have so much respect for you guys as an organization. So I'm kind of curious to see, are you viewed as a disruptor in the market or are you viewed as one of the the organizations? A little bit of both. I'll let Cameron talk on it too, but it's it's a little bit of both. Um, there are some companies, I'm not going to name which ones, they absolutely love I'm us. I'm not asking you to name drop. Oh, no, I'm no. just, yeah. No, no. Um, they absolutely love us. Um, our brothers got the cell phones of, C- of some of the CEOs and they talk and stuff. Not anything in like insider, but just like, hey, you know, this brace band thing is going on. Can we, can we, you know, partner together and different things like that? Like we, we have the lawsuit in the Eighth Circuit with uh, Frack and it's industry folks. But uh, there's also, <laughs> there is a lot of pushback because we are taking over, uh, taking a lot of market share on the ARs. AKs, now pistols. So there is pushback from other companies. Absolutely. Talk to me about the pushback. Is it Cameron. Yeah, it's yeah. your turn, Cameron. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like kind of like what Josiah said, there are, there are a lot of people in the industry. Like I think sometimes in the firearms industry, you, it is, uh, sometimes it could be cancerous, right? And I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily say that against other firearm companies, but the firearms community will. Yes. Say. So obviously, you know, when we're selling five hundred dollar ARs, everyone's like, "Oh, you know, it, it sucks. It's 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 low tier. It's 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 garbage. Yada yada yada." Okay, whatever. Right. Well, we also do things differently than ninety five percent of these other companies. Right. You know, we're not selling to a distributor. We're selling direct to consumers so we can cut out that middleman price. Like we don't have to have that middle price where we have to sell it to the distributor at this price and the distributor has to mark it up. Like we don't have that. Like our whole business model is direct to consumer. So we can avoid having those other layers and bring the price down. The other side of it is, is we make almost everything that we, we use. So we don't have these inflated prices. Like, I mean, during COVID, what we saw during COVID, it was like the greatest boom bust, right? I mean, it was sales, 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 sales. Like, right. make enough, right? Well, when you're sending out parts to go to an outside anodizing service, they now control your destiny of whether or not right. you are going to get the parts back, right? So you can make as many parts as you want. But if you can't get them out of the anodizing line, well, guess what? You can't sell it, right? Right. So what we did was we said, screw it. We're going to put our own anodizing line in. And that's what we did. And that's who we are as a company, right? And so that's like trying to take it to the next level. We're controlling our own destiny, right? But at the same time, I think people are starting to realize, and, and I don't say this in a negative manner when I, when I say this, but we are the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And we are going to have to, you are going to have to understand who we are, what we do and what we stand for, because we're coming. And if you don't recognize that, then I don't know what to tell you, but I can promise you this. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Like It is my favorite line that you say. It's like, it is my all time favorite. I love it so much. Yeah. I like, I embody that. Right. Like, I mean, that we take this stuff, not, I wouldn't say, I mean, I take it personal. Right. Yeah. that was some of the reason why we went into the Sabre line and we did the Sabre line because everyone's like, oh, well, they don't have a MicroBest BCG in it. They don't have this. They don't have a Sprinko spring. They don't have this. So I called these other companies and I'm like, hey, we want to use your parts, right? Great. Yeah, let's do it, right? These other, like, again, going back to the firearms community thing, like, it's not necessarily the other companies. It's the people in the community, right? The right. 
people, the other, the, the, the consumer in the community are what makes it kind of more toxic ish in a sense sometimes, but these other companies, they all want to like, at the end of the day, we got to try and build each other up. Right. You know, yeah, raise all ships. Right. Right. Like that's like the mindset. Right. And so we offer the saber line now, right. Where it's a, not a $500 ANR anymore. It's an 800 to a $1,000, $1,100 AR. It's got a little bit more expensive parts in it. It's out of the box, ready to go. And so now we're dipping into the toes and now we're bringing out some more haters because now we're like offering a gun that's competitive. Why are you so expensive now? Yeah. Like that. that, And it's like, well, now you're selling a gun that I was told for the last five years, you guys didn't make, and it's not on the same level as X, Y, and Z uh, manufacturer that are selling them for 15 to $1,800. But now here you are selling it for still 800 to $900. Right. Right. And they're pissed because they've overpaid. Yeah. So, but the, but at the end of the day, I'm worried about making sure that we are getting enough product out to the law abiding citizens who want freedom in their hands. And that is our job every single day. And we take that personally here. And so we, that's what we do. Absolutely. And I just want to throw in there too. We get a lot of hate from small local gun shops Um, and from even from larger, you know, ones I won't name, but very well known. They even have an online presence um, because they think that we're trying to put them out of business. That's not the case. Um, we're in it for the second amendment and people who, you know, join with us in the, in wanting to spread freedom. And it's about the second amendment. It's not just about making money. It's about the second amendment. Um, so what my brother did is, uh, he bought DPMS in the Remington bankruptcy and DPMS is, it's not a token. It's an, a genuine effort to show, you know, small local gun shops and even some medium sized ones that, Hey, we are, we're here to support you as well. Um, you know, because when you, when our dealers, when PSA dealers, the, they get sold a lower for $49.99 and then ours, you know, the price of ours on the website drops to $39.99. They get really ticked off. So my brother bought DPMS that is dealer only. It's not, it doesn't take the traditional PSA model, PSA model of, you know, direct to consumer. So it goes through distribution, goes through dealer. They have our own dealer portal. So they can come in and buy it. It's map protected. It's got MSRP and all that on there. So my brother wanted to make it known as well that we're not, we're in here for the second amendment. Uh, and, and part of that is helping out small local gun shops staying in business because yeah, without them, we couldn't do our transfers either. Yeah. Right. And to, the, to that point too, like with the DPMS side, we also did the same side of things on the AK side, right? So on the AK side, there's not like readily available parts, right? So there's a lot of guys that like to build AKs in their own home with the 20 ton shot presses and like even small time builders, right? Well, they're building kit guns, right? So when people buy a kit gun, that's a demilled kit from, you know, some com block country, well, then they rebuild it. Well, sometimes when you get those kits, parts are bad. Right. right. And then they have to replace them. Well, then now they're on the search trying to find all these parts. Right. No one is just selling forged trunnions on the shelf anymore. You you can't get those. Right. So on the AK side, like to Josiah's point about helping, like we had a lot of AK people come out, like the, the builders and the small shops who were doing one offs didn't really like us because we were taking away some of the business in a sense to them. But what sure. we 
was is we saw it as an opportunity to build the AK community. So now on our website, you can go on our website, you can build, you can buy just a gas block, you can buy a front side base, you can buy a rear side base, all the rivets, the parts, the bullet guides, stuff that you can't find anywhere. We sell now, and that is to help people grow the community. It's not that we're trying to dominate and take over the entire firearms community and market. We're trying to help build everything up. Again, high tides raise all ships. Like that is the whole point of what we do here, right? But sometimes that's get convoluted because people think we're stepping on their toes. I want to go back to a point that you made about the community being a little bit toxic. And Josiah and I have discussed this before, but I kind of want to hear your take on this, Cameron. Uh, One of the things when I first came into the community, I've been shooting guns since I was a kid. You know, I've been hunting. I've been hanging out with my dad. Like, it's been an important thing in my family my entire life. And when I first started getting into, like, the gun community, like, the best way I know how to word that... um, it's really interesting the gatekeeping that goes on. It's, it's, you know, they want to talk about how they want everyone to have firearms, but it only can be cool firearms. And you got to have this Gucci gear or I don't really want to like hang out with you because you have this crap, you know, and they'll, they'll find pictures of people in stores that have, you know, holsters that don't fit their firearms or, you know, whatever. And then they make fun of those people. Yep. And that is frustrating for me, for two reasons. Number one, I have a personal goal of putting a firearm in the hand of every female in the country. And I hate mom's demand action with a passion that I can't even begin to describe to you guys. Like they are nothing but a domestic terrorist organization as far as I'm concerned. And this is coming from me. This is not reflecting on Palmetto State in any way, shape or form. Just want to be clear about that real fast. Um, But with that being said, What they're doing is wrong. They're teaching women to be afraid. Go get some mace. That's just as effective. And it's like, nope, the gun is the equalizer. That is the only way a woman is going to be as powerful as the person standing across from them trying to rape them. And so what I see is in this gatekeeping, when you have this this environment that is, you know, you feel like you have to know everything about guns. You have to own all of the really good stuff. Or you're not cool enough to come in. And I feel like that that creates a barrier to entry for a lot of people in the gun community. Do you see that as well? Yeah, no. I, I uh, Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, a thousand percent. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, training is more... If you don't train, then it doesn't matter how high expensive of a firearm you're buying. If you're not training and doing classes and and actively trying to get better and train with a firearm, then you're not doing yourself any justice, right? So that's another topic in itself, right? (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. So when we first started getting back into the AK market in like 20, what, 18, 19? 18, yeah. Yeah, like the GF3 line, when we came back out with the GF3 line, Obviously, you know, the mindset of the AK side is, is that if it's not from a comm block country, if it's American made, it's a piece of shit, right? Right. And so there was a lot of, we invested a lot of money into the AK line to do this. And not only did we invest into the AK and our AK line, we invested into the AK community, right? And now to the topic I was just talking about by offering these parts, right? But it's a lot of money in tooling, R&D and all this stuff to get this right. 
And so the AK community is, it's a, it's a rough place. I mean, it, I'm not going to lie. Like it's a, it's a rough, it's a rough place. Very uh, snobby. It is yeah, very so snobby. I, I very much. I, we had to leave a forum we were on because yeah. uh, we were getting called really nasty things and yeah. I mean, there was nothing but hate for us. Even though, yeah. so, I mean, I, I make a joke all the time. The AK community is worse than the 45 ACP guy. Right. Why do I carry a 45? Cause they don't make a 46, right. That kind of guy. <laughs> but so the AK, the AK community, I mean, obviously over the years has gotten a lot better, right? Because I think there's a lot of people out there in the market that understand that if it wasn't for PSA, and I don't say this in a cocky way, but if it wasn't for PSA, I don't know where the AK community would be today, right? right. You know, especially with the, the our, you know, our system. The embargoes on Russia and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Even like our sister company, you know, AAC Ammo is getting ready to tool up to make steel case ammo. Like where would the com- where would we be if it wasn't for that, right? Every day in my DMs, I'm getting hit up like, hey, when's the steel case coming? I can't find it anywhere. The price is too high. Oh, that's available, right? Like that is a big deal, right? So yeah, again, that aspect of it. But, you know, like there's other American-made companies out there that are making 762 by 39 AKs, but there are no other AR- AK companies out there that are making a 556 AK. A 539 AK, right? We have almost 600 SKUs of AKs on our website, right? That's unheard of, right? You can go to these other firearms companies. Again, you know, I'm not saying they're good or bad. These other AK community companies, but they might have three, right? Or two, right? But they're being, you know, highly touted as like the best of the best and all that stuff. Well, we're trying to push the envelope a little bit. Now, obviously, that comes with also some. Sometimes you have things that that happen in that in that you know in that when you're trying to push the envelope and and keep going. There are sometimes things happen, and so we are not perfect by all means. But at the same time, it's not about being perfect in my mind. It's about what do you do to try and be better every single day. And I feel like we are constantly putting our best foot forward. We care about our customers. We care about what we do. If there's an issue, we're talking to them, we're helping them, we're jumping in on it. And that's why we're, you know, I'm very involved on social media. Josiah is involved on social media. Like we're all in this together to grow, to grow us. And so I know I kind of went off tangent there talking about things, but again, Yes, the in a nutshell, the firearms community. A lot of times, it, it does get a little frustrating when you know, with like, hey, sometimes we need to build each other up and not build uh, beat each other down. Um, and I feel like a lot of companies that are in the firearms industry are recognizing that. So like, you don't see as much like jibber jabber going back and forth anymore. Like we people used to comment, like companies used to comment on our posts, like talking crap or joking, mm-hmm. and we would comment back and joke back. But that's not really like that anymore. Um, it's just more of like the, the trolls per se that are always commenting on it. Yeah. Right. No, matter, no matter what we do, even with the ammunition, you've got, uh, the naysayers out there, you know, whether I'm going to use a, 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 a basic, a very basic example from the beginning of the company of what we experienced kind of as, a, as we were entering the market, when we just gun shows. So every weekend we were doing one or two gun shows and because of our pricing, um, we were looked upon very, very badly. Um, gun shows are not, you don't find good deals at gun shows. And um, we had uh, basically, you know, they were all getting together. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of these gun shows are all getting together and they're like, hey, we're going to sell a Magpul PMAG. We're all agreeing to sell it for right about the same price, price, 15, yep. 16 yep. bucks. We were selling it for 13. And I had the one, uh, uh, the promoter of, um, of the, uh, gun show he came to my table and said you need to you need to raise your price to 16 dollars." and i said no that's price fixing he's like you're gonna prove it 
And uh, he said, either ra- raise it to 16. You're standing or at my table right now. That's yeah. proof enough for me, dumbass. Exactly. So we, we got kicked out of that gun show because we didn't, because uh, we were, we had two tables and a bunch of shit on those tables. There were other people, he said, hey, she bought 16 tables and uh, she's selling for, you know, anyway, it was, it was pretty crazy. But uh, sometimes that small analogy, it's not as bad anymore as that. Um, but that type of attitude used to be a lot more prevalent in the farms community, but it's not near as bad anymore, but the barriers, but those, when you're getting into different industries, you do get a lot of pushback. And we got that even when we were, when we were starting PSA, they didn't like the fact that we were low on price. They did everything they could to stop that. But in the end, they couldn't. I want to go back to a comment. Uh, I think Cameron, you were talking about this about sometimes products that are inexpensive are viewed as cheap. There's nothing about a gun that's cheap. Like it's all guns have function to them, right? Unless we're talking about, well, okay, I'm not going to say the name of that company, but um, (laughs) um, I almost fucked up right there. Um, But when you got like the products that you put in the hands of clients, they're not cheaply made. So I want you to talk a little bit about why you guys as a company have decided you're really cutting your own nose off in spite of your face as an organization from a profitability perspective. With the product that you guys are putting out, they are very good firearms, but you guys are choosing not to fuck people over as far as the price is concerned. And I want you to talk about why that's the case, because I think sometimes, again, people, you know, we're conditioned as consumers to think, oh, if it's if it's inexpensive, it's cheap, it's not good, it's kitschy, it's it's going to break down on you or whatever. Um, talk a little bit about why you guys decided to do that. Like what's what's the purpose for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean a lot of the a lot of the um a lot of the laws and the stuff that is being struck down or like one of the biggest terms that is being tossed in there is common use, right? And so the goal- That's because of the New York v Bruin situation. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And so the goal for us is to, again, spread as much freedom as possible into common use, right? And that's how you get it out there. So, you know, touching base on what Josiah said about the vertical integration thing and how we're able to sell it so cheap, our, our goal as a company is to get it into common use. It's not to make the most money, right? We would rather take a lower margin hit on a firearm and sell two of them to make up the difference than sell one of them at a higher margin, right? That's right. just that's just the way our business has been found, right? So Jamin, you know, you know, and, and even Josiah in the beginning when they started his company, the whole point of it was to get as much of this into the people's hands as possible for common use. And so that's how we do it. We do it over quantity versus, you know, higher margin items. And that is just who we are and it's in our foundation and it's what we do. I mean, even like the way our shop is set up, our manufacturing facility here where the assembly and everything goes, it's like everything we do is to try and get as, you know, get it out efficiently, you know, and get it out right away, right? So new stuff, new stuff. Like today alone, I created 12 new SKUs for the website, right? Like, I mean, and they're being built right now. I got, I like literally just got the pictures sent to my email. As soon as I get off of this, I'm going to get them enabled, put on the website and they're going to be for sale today. That's that's how fast things happen. Right. And that's why when you control your own destiny, 
you can do that, right? We have a production meeting every day at nine in the morning. And at nine in the morning, we already kind of have a plan of what we're building and all that stuff. And it's like, hey, well, let's run, you know, last week we ran like a daily deal on a uh, five, five, six, AKM, right? And right. in the morning, it's not like we had 500 of them sitting on the shelf waiting to be sold. It was like, hey, let's, you know, let's build up an extra hundred today and let's put them on a daily deal and see how they do, right? Right. What we did. And so we go out to the floor and we now start building the hell out of these guns, get them built, get them out the same day. Now they're up for sale. They sell out. So the next day we do another 200, right? Right. Going like that. And, but then we have the flexibility in the company because of how much we make ourselves and we control our own destiny. We can do fun things like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I want to ask two more of my own questions and then I'm going to go to some of the questions that the guys had in the, in online. Um, so, well, this is kind of a twofold question, and it's mostly about SIG. So they have their Rose collection that they just came out with, and then they also have their um, Micro P365. And you guys have the SKU on the site, but it's never in stock. So I'm curious if the Micro version of the Dagger is coming out anytime soon, because, and I'm going to tell you guys why. So I took my daughter with me. You guys got to meet her at the NRA convention and she fell in love with the PS365 and she, or not PS, the P365. And she, she loves it. And I'm like, well, I would rather you have a dagger. So can we just wait till their micro comes out and then you can have that instead. So, um, I am curious because her birthday was yesterday that's what she was going to get. So like, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, is that coming? And then are you guys looking at doing anything to kind of target the female audience? Are you guys looking for, as a girl who loves guns, we kind of like colors. Like, I'm not going to lie. You, that's the entry level for women into guns. Like, oh, it's pretty. I'm going to buy it. I think yeah. so the, the micro dagger frames are still a little ways out. Not going to lie to you. Um, we will have the slides, like we have the slides for sale right now. Um, and then we'll have the magazine available here shortly. Um, but the frames are still a little ways out. I don't have a hard ETA on that. I don't want to commit to anything cause I don't want you to get mad at me. And oh, I'm not going to get mad at Ainsley. will get mad at you. Yeah, so that's, that's you know. <laughs> um, I will say that there has been conversations about different colored frames, um, and different colors, slides and stuff. Right. But um, at the end of the day, here, here's going to be the determining factor, right? Everything we do is mass producible, okay? So if that market share is only 20 guns a day, well, that, I don't know how- Doesn't make it profitable. Profitable that is going to be. Now, I will say it has been a topic of conversation. So um, it is being talked about, and I a thousand percent agree with what you're saying, like having a, an, an idea on having bringing in the female shooter and the female market into this space is right. an idea. Um, so again, I don't have anything hard data as when the micro complete micro dagger will be available um, or, you know, colors, but I will say that the, the colors are definitely being talked about. Yeah, the, what we're saying right now is the micro dagger will be this year. Um, just other than that, not 100% sure. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to go to some of these questions that the guys have asked. So uh, the first one is the exact same question that I just asked. Okay, 
estimated time of arrival on consumer level custom shop and if in works or not at all would it be something that you guys consider that's shadesy yeah i know it's solid um <laughs> so again it kind of goes back to the conversation about mass producible right so our whole business model is based around mass produ- mass production and that's kind of the mindset so I will say this. So if you see, and I know you probably see it, maybe some of your viewers and some of the other people have not seen it yet. Um, but that is why when I did the Saber line and how I did the AK line, we are doing things that people are doing one-off wise, right? For example, right. had a lot of people that were buying our AKs, sending them out to a, a gunsmith to get it chopped, different length, pin and welded and all that stuff, recrowned and sent out. Well, instead of doing that, what we did is instead of doing a custom shop, we are offering that as an option direct from the factory, right? So there's multiple different pin and weld options on the AK line, different colors, different accessories, different things on that to try and target that consumer in a sale versus offering like a custom option, right? Right. Now on the saver line, we're doing it the same way. So we, we always offered like 14.5 or 14.7 pin and welds, but it was just with a bird cage, like a flash hider. I'm a big suppressor guy. I only shoot suppressed. So I wanted to have options on my saver line to have multiple pin and weld options. So right now there's like probably 15 to 20 different SKUs just on the saver line that have Surefire War Comp suppressor mounts, ASR Silencer Co. suppressor mounts, AAC, Dead Air Chemo. Um, you know, I mean, we're trying to get into that kind of half custom, half mass producible mindset. But I don't think we'll ever, ever will be able to have a, like literally a custom shop where a customer can go in and be like, I want this barrel, this do, rail. Do, do, this, do, do. Yeah. You're, we'll, we'll try to offer it and combat it that way versus one offs at a time. Sure. Uh, Josiah has to leave uh, to let everybody know um, he is out of here. So Josiah, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And thank you again for allowing me to be part, um, a a partner with you guys and an affiliate with Palmetto State because I love you guys so much. It's so great. Thank you, Heather. We appreciate it. All right. right, right, Thanks for letting the adults talk now, Josiah. (laughs) (laughs) I see Um, okay. So it's funny. You mentioned, um, AAC Shad's continued the question and said, now that they're stood up, what's next? So I will let you answer that question just because you mentioned it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so our, we have, you know, we, we launched AAC with nine mil and five, five, six. We then since then have came out with 300 blackout. Uh, which we have 300 blackout subs, 300 blackout supers, like across the board, different types of subs, different types of projectiles. Um, we now expanded into 45 ACP. So we have 45 ACP out there. We have 5.7 by 28. Obviously, that was a big deal for us because we have our rock handgun that's 5.7 right. by 28. So we wanted to have the opportunity to have the ammo because, again, that was a contentious point with the whole 5.7 line. Well, ammo got expensive because it was limited. So now we're mass producing that. So there's that. Um, we will have a probably a uh, I think a 10 millimeter option here shortly. So we'll have wow. Um, and then the, you know, the big thing that everyone is asking is the steel case ammo, right? And that goes back right. to the conversation, right? So didn't you show a picture of some steel casing the other day? 
so we had it. Yes. Yeah, so we had um at our uh well oh that little video that was the projectiles yeah. being made. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. That was uh, well. That was I think it was a projectiles being made. I can't remember. I know which one you're talking about, but. Um, we should, the goal is, is to have our steel case line up and running by the fall. Like that is our goal, right? That's and awesome. That is, you know, we see what is happening in the AK community where you can't get five, four, five by 39 anymore, unless you want to spend like a dollar around seven, six, two by 39, three years ago was under 30 cents around. Now, if you're going to find it's over it, 60, right? 60, 65, 70, some places. Yeah. Right? Like it's really hard to get that ammo too. And there's no more coming in, right? No, right, yeah. Whatever's in the So it's just going to get more expensive, yeah. More expensive. So like we see the writing on the wall, right? And, you know, we even see that with like our AK sales, right? Like our AK sales used to be really, really high. And not saying they're bad now, but you could see it tapered off with the- What's the point of buying a gun if I can't ever get the ammo for it, right? And so during COVID, right, like everyone, 5.56 got expensive as hell, right? So everyone started buying more AKs, which then again now leads into more people buying more AK ammo. And so now that the ammo is pretty much non, you know, it's still there. So I don't want to say non-existent, but it is very limited and more expensive. So it's not like people are being more like, Oh, I don't want to go shoot it today because I don't want to spend, you know, waste the ammo type of thing. So um, the steel case is going to be a big deal for us. So, you know, obviously it'll probably start with 762 by 39 and then it'll be 545 by 39. And then I think the plan still is is to do some 762 by 54 R as well. So um, for a lot of uh, a lot of guys who bought the Mosin Nagants back in like 2006 for a hundred dollars a piece, you know, that's for those guys. Gotcha. Um, but th- I mean, there's going to be other ammos in there. I think we're, you know, we'll have 308. We'll have 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, we'll have 6.5 Grendel too, I think is going to be coming as well. So, I mean, we're pretty much going to be hitting all the the main ammo uh, that's out there that's giving people problems or they can't find or it's too expensive. Sure. You know, so um, to get like a 77 grain match grade ammo, you're spending 30 bucks for $35 a box. It's ridiculous. Yeah. For ten ninety nine a box. It's so great. Yeah. Um, somebody asked if you guys are going to make a VSS clone. I don't want to say no, but what I will say that not like non-AR, non, non-AR, non-handgun non uh, side for the AK side and that kind of stuff, we are going to be focusing right now is the crank. Um, we were going to try and have it out at the end of the first quarter. We had some tooling changes that we had to make, which then t- changing tooling is about a 12 to 30 week lead time. Right. So like there's things take time. So obviously we wanted to have it out now and it's not ready yet. So I, I mean, that's like one of the main questions we get all the damn time is where's the crank, where's crank, where's crank, right? <laughs> so the crank is going to be next. And then after the crank, we're going to have our RPK. Those are probably the two AKs that you'll see out for sale by the end of the year. But it's not just going to be a 545 crank or a 762 by 39 RPK. We're going to be all of them. 556, you know, 762 by 39. So there'll be multiple versions of each one of those guns um, in this year. Um, But then we have also like one-offs. So like I was telling you, like my job is I do a lot of one-offs and little random things. So we'll have like a 556 adjustable AK here soon for like the people that want to shoot suppressed and, and all that good stuff. So our goal, though, like right now for the next like three, four months is to try and push more five, five, six AKs because the ammo's there. And so we're trying to get more people to, to buy that and buy into that. 
Um, the, one of the biggest complaints you get all the time on the 5.56 8K side is the mags. There's not 5.56 8K mags readily available everywhere. Sure. So we have our own mag coming, I think, probably next week. So That's you know, awesome. We provide that to the market. And it's a really nice quality mag, too. It's not just like a you know, plastic mag, it's going to be, you know, metal reinforced in all the right places. So it's going to be really, it's going to be a really nice mag, but it's going to be available and affordable at an everyday price. See, that was one of the things that people like, at least that I heard complaining about the 5.56 AK was that the mags were just so expensive. Like it, or you can't find them. And then when you can, they're outrageous. So, yeah, so like the only mag that you can like really readily buy right now is kind of like an AC unity mag. Right. Um, and so but that's really the only option unless you want to spend like $60, $70 on a, a, a circle 10, five, five, six mag. And so right. we will have our own mag. I think it'll probably be about 25 bucks, you know, nothing crazy, but at the same time, it's going to be like metal reinforced. So it's going to be a really nice quality mag. Right. So sure. obviously if we wanted to just go a cheap, like fast route, we could have went with non-metal reinforced and all that stuff, but we didn't want that. We wanted to have a metal reinforced feed list. We wanted to have metal reinforced spine on the front and the back, a metal reinforced base. You know, like we went overboard on this mag to, to make sure it was a good mag. You should do a really good bundle, wink, wink, for those affiliates to sell yeah. where well, you unload it and then it's you get the gun and five mags for this price. Well, we do, you know, you see a lot of the bundles we do, right? We do a lot of like 10 mags. Oh, yeah. Deal, so I'm sure we'll have something like that soon. I mean, the matter sure. It's just a matter of getting enough mags in production first, right? So yeah, you know, it's gonna take a couple months, probably maybe about a month or so to get enough mags out there. Then I'm sure you'll see some of that. Awesome. Um, okay. Everybody keeps giving me shit, and I'm sure you get it too. The fucking MP7 and MP5. Yeah. Like that's they're like if you don't ask, if you don't say it, we're gonna be mad at you. So comments. So all right. So let's touch base on the MP5 first, right? So the whole goal when we talked about launching the MP5 was to give an MP5 at an affordable price to the consumer. Basically, what we wanted to do was not going to be obtainable at the price point we talked about doing it as. So we decided to take the money that we were setting aside for the MP5 and invest it in the ammo plant. Gotcha. So we thought that it would be more beneficial to make ammo than to make another MP5 on the market. Right. And that's kind of that in a nutshell. <laughs> I don't know where the hell all these people get this idea that there was an MP7 ever even talked about. So, but I see it on like literally every comment. Every post. Every every, post, every PSA post or anytime someone tags PSA and something, it's like, where's MP7, right? Yeah. I will say this. I Behind this wall is my actual office. There is a big draw white erase, uh, a big board in there. And there are a lot of guns on that board. So I'll just say that hmm. I just can't give you guys like that's, but that's, like, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I thought maybe I was going to get an exclusive there. There is a lot. So there's a lot on the whiteboard. The, the issue that we have is, um, again, we can make anything, but we can't make everything. Right. Makes sense. Um, somebody said a 380 AR platform. I know it seems stupid, but I honestly want one. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to comment on it like that. <laughs> that is such a Twitter question. It's not even fun. <laughs> like, yeah, that is a straight up Twitter question. 
Absolutely. Um, okay, so this question is interesting. Are there any plans to open up other stores, if not shipping or distribution in other states to position yourselves against state laws that can target operations of your size? So I'm going to couple this kind of secondarily with another question. Someone said, are you guys going to open up in Texas so that you guys can manufacture in-house suppressors? No. So the so our entire like okay so the JJE Capital right is is our parent company right and I guess kind of like a little bit of a backstory before I dip into this question so that way we can get some context here right so JJE Capital is not just a random company that is a board of directors that tells PSA what to do right right JJE Capital is the three owners right so you got Jamie McCallum who is the founder and owner of PSA. And then you have Julian and then you have Ed. That's what JJE stands for, okay? Julian and Ed were the ones who bought out Josiah's shares, okay? So those three are the owners of the company, right? It's not just right. some random board members and all that stuff, right? So that is a parent company. Under that parent company, you have PSA, you have DPMS, you have AAC, um, you know, among other companies that you guys probably don't know of or know that we're a part of yet, right? And so, and I can't spill the beans on everything, but... There's a lot underneath that, right? Cameron, why have, are you even on here if you're not going to tell me everything? Well, so, but like, so we have <laughs> companies kidding. that we own that are in Minnesota. We have companies that we own in North Carolina. We have companies we own in South Carolina. Gotcha. Georgia, sure. Florida, right? Like across the entire, like mainly our focus is Southeast, right? So that's right. Like where it is, right? So we just opened up another retail location, which is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, we had our soft opening last Wednesday. Our official grand opening is June 1st. Um, so I will say that to supply those stores with our product, we want them to be within a drivable distance. Sure. Right. So I don't say like right now we don't have any retail stores in Florida. We have manufacturing facilities in Florida that we acquired that are down there. But I wouldn't put it past us to have something there because we're driving we have trucks that drive back and forth down 95 all day long. And so I don't, I don't see us anytime in the near future going outside the Southeast. But again, I've seen crazier things happen within this company, so I can't make any promises. So you want me to finish the topic about relocations yes. and stuff? So, yes. yeah, so, so basically in a nutshell, um, I don't see us moving out of the Southeast anytime soon because the goal is, is to be within a drivable distance, you know, to be able to take product from our location to that location easier, more efficiently and cost effectively. So right. I'm not saying 10 years from now, we might be over across the entire United States. That could, a chance could happen. But, you know, our goal right now is to just be able to uh, focus on the Southeast and what we have going on right now. I already told you, you guys are the Amazon of firearms. You guys yeah, will be everywhere yeah, eventually. Yeah. I mean, our, our biggest, you know, our business model is online, right? So, like, our retail stores are, are, are you know, not small. Sure. Um, and like I said, the Myrtle Beach store that we just opened is our biggest store. And we're going to have a museum there. So, Jamin is a huge gun collector and a huge, you know, he loves guns and he loves history. And so, we're going to have a really nice museum set up there, like, with all the cool antique guns and machine Very guns cool. and things like that for people to see. So I'm originally from Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, okay. And so that's it, that's how I kind of like flirted with the idea of you coming on my show. I'm like, we're practically family. I'm from <laughs> Charleston. So like, um, and I can't remember, and I feel terrible now, the little guy who runs your all's Twitter. Uh, your, Neil? Yes, that's him. 
And I was like, you should totally come on my show. Like it's, and he said, I'll pass it up to the powers that be. So yeah, Neil's a good dude. I like him. He is yeah. super based. <laughs> that was one of the questions. It was like, how did they become so based? And I was like, that is such a nerdy question to ask on a podcast, but I okay. I literally send him screenshots all the time. And I'm like, dude, you're so based. I can't even do it. <laughs> Was he at, he was at, um, NRA, right? Yeah. I thought I met him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a good dude. He's, he helps us out a lot. Cause I manage a lot of like the groups and the things like that, that we we have, you know, we have like probably like eight Facebook groups for like a lot of different product lines. So I'm like an admin and I'm and in a lot of those groups. So like, I just don't have time to do everything. Right. It's hard. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm still here working with my guys in the shop, like in the manufacturing, I'm still technically over manufacturing, but I'm still doing like all these other stuff. So like I'm helping out a lot here. So, you know, sometimes I need a break too, but you know, I, I like to give people, I think something that's helped us over the past couple of years is giving people a face to the company and a face to the name and stuff. And so that's why I'm not using like our PSA account to comment back or talk to people because I want them to know who we are. Like, you know, I'm just a gun guy that likes to build guns. Like that's what I like sure. to do for a living, you know, I want to have the connection with them, you know, and you know, that's why I'm sending down for the farm again, a, a saber for them to shoot. And like, I want, I want all y'all to go down there and run the piss out of it and have a good time and see that we're making something like badass, right? Legit. Like that, yeah. You know, that, that's the whole mindset. Yeah. Um, so this question is worded kind of interesting. It says any type of gun policy promo on their website, question mark, donation options. I, I'm not really sure if they're asking, like, do you guys ever work with them? Do you ever partner with them on anything? We do. So we did a, like we did like a lower with the Gun Owners of America not that long ago. It's still available, I think. Yeah, and is. then yeah, you guys have another lower. Hint, hint, everybody use the QR code. Go look. They have another lower that uh, $10 from the purchase of that lower goes towards the lawsuit to get rid of all of this stupid fucking legislation that they're trying to pass yep, through or the rules. Exactly. It's not even legislation anymore. Yeah, it, well, that's exactly right. Like the whole brace lower and stuff like that, you know, yep. like the, the guys at SB Tactical, obviously we do a lot of business with them. So, you know, we really like those guys. And, and uh, you know, obviously the whole thing is a bunch of crock of shit anyway. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we try to do things. I mean, we do a lot of stuff with like, um, Sonoran desert Institute. Like we, we do a lot of stuff with those guys. Now we don't like, we don't like put it in there as like, you know, like donate to this or donate to that really a lot. Now I think you're going to see over the next probably year, you might see some of that, um, just because of where we are politically in the country and what's going on. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff coming along those lines. Um, you know, we're going to be doing our own uh, podcast in-house to kind of try and bring, you know, kind of, I guess it kind of goes back to some of the questions we talked about earlier. Like I want it to be a firearms community podcast, right? Yeah. That's, that's what I want. I want to bring the community together and I want to be that focus on it. So we'll be starting that over the summertime um, to really bring people on and talk about things, you know, to discuss what's going on in the world, you know, where we're at, what's going on with this, like, how can we help? What can we do together? You know, and sure. really kind of just, you know, bring everybody together. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, so I went to NRA. That was my first time that I've ever been there. And the oh, hold NRA on, hold has on, hold a. On, hold, on, hold on. Tell me when you were walking around. That was the first time I've been there. And I don't know if I should say this or not, 
but it felt like a Fox News commercial as you were walking around. There was like gold and silver <laughs> for sale everywhere. There was like people like dressed up in old military uniforms and shit. Like, I swear to God, I was walking around. I sent a video to my wife. I was like, look at, I'm on a Fox News commercial. There's it's gold no and shit, dude. Yes. Everyone's wearing Let's Go Brandon shirts and shit. It was yeah. so I'm working on, okay, so I've been writing this article. It's taking me forever to get it out. But my, the article is the NRA has an image problem. And what I mean by that, so it, it was crazy because, like, you have expectations in your mind of what you're going to get. Yeah. Was Fuddery there? Absolutely. It was everywhere. Buy gold, buy silver. Here's this concealed carry Western boot with a blow dryer. And, a, like, you know, like, there was well, lots no, of Fuddery like there. Fox News commercial. Yes, like yes. Fox News commercial. Yep, absolutely. The only thing we were missing was the My Pillow guy. <laughs> But but legitimately, it is the only, because SHOT Show is closed off to the public now. Exactly. The NRA convention is the closest that the consumer can get to the manufacturers, can yep. get to, yep. to touch the, the next latest and greatest that may yep. be coming out. You know, that's that's it. And the sad part is that the NRA has has created a reputation of being like, old school and whatever, some of the shit that I was able to lay my hands on at NRA was fucking amazing. Like it was so awesome. And to have my daughter experience that. And it's so sad because if I would have put out like, oh, you guys should come to NRA with me. They'd be like, no, it's fucking stupid. I don't want to go to that. You know, and that's a huge fucking problem. And when you're talking about where we are politically as a country right now, wouldn't it be awesome, and I want to be careful about how I say this, but wouldn't it be awesome if we were the monster that they thought we were? Wouldn't it be amazing if we were this massive fucking powerhouse community of people that are untouchable? Yeah. Just leave us the fuck alone. We're going to arm ourselves, and there's not a fucking thing you can do about it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And so, like, I think about that all the time. I think about, like, what if the minds of gun policy, the money of the NRA, the production value of PSA. What if we could get everyone to work together and it would be the animal that they're all afraid of? And that's what I want. That goes back again to the point we talked about in the beginning with the firearms community. Instead of trying to be like this, that, or the other, fucking figure it out together. Yeah. That's the only way we win this shit, right? But we also got to do it with a new age mindset, not right. an old school mindset, right? Right. Like, yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's like you got to you got to adapt to what is happening now. This isn't the 80s anymore. This isn't the 90s anymore. This is social media mindset. This is Gen Z. This is like how do we get that mindset now? Sure. In the firearms community, right? Yep. And well, I'm yeah. gonna. Yeah. I will let you finish that one, and then I'm not gonna go any further with it. Yeah. Um, it says twenty inch saber with fixed stock win. I mean, I could do it. I mean, I could do it. I mean, I could do. So, 
people I ha I've been getting a lot of comments asking about a 20 inch FN cold hammer forge barrel which we we don't ever like get enough of those for um and the price they are for uh from FN most of our stuff we get from FN is 16 inch and, and 14s and and 10 sevens or 10 fives um and so I could do it you know I mean I, I can do it I'll do it Maybe we do a, just a short run like you were talking about yeah, and see you know, if we can I get do, some, yeah. Like the thing for me is, is the only way that I'd be able to do it would be what we currently use for our saber line, which is a 20 inch two, two, three wild barrel, um, which a lot of the guys that are asking for that are not asking for it in that version, but that would be the only way I could do it, but I could definitely sure. have an option of it. Okay. Um, says, how about a, how about a PCC in 7.5 millimeter FK, something similar to an MP5 with interchangeable 10 millimeter, seven and a half millimeter barrels would be incredible, even more so if it was affordable. I don't think that's doable, but. What? Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's a lot to unpack. No, I mean, I mean, there's some, there, we are going to do a lot of, I think we're going to do a, a, um, I think we will do some cool stuff around the five, seven round and yeah. we'll have some cool stuff coming with that. How yeah. are you guys doing with the rock? Like I, I feel like that's like the next step. Like we're going to yeah. see the five, seven really challenge the nine millimeter market. Yeah. I mean, I think like, so we'll have a five, seven compact coming out. And I think that's, what's going to change the, the five, seven market. Um, you know, our, the 5.7 we have now, the Rock, is a bigger gun. So we'll have the Compact um, coming. And so that, that'll that be, a, you know, a night, like, you could basically, you know, easily conceal carry that firearm. You yeah. Know? And so um, that's going to, I think that's going to be a big deal. Um, I think what we're doing on, like, the Jackal side of things, like, with the way that that monolithic upper is and that, yeah. we'll, we'll be able to have some really cool stuff based off of that. You know, I have a... Uh, on the Sabre line, we launched it with the AR-15, right? Because that's what we do. And so we're also going to have our Sabre 308s coming um, very, very soon. So we'll have something like this in a Sabre 308. God, um, it looks so good. Um, and then we will have a Sabre Jackal coming soon. Um, and we'll have Sabre KS-47, Sabre ARV. So we're going to basically, you know, the Sabre, the when we first talked about doing Sabre, it was obviously ARs, but what we saw with the feedback we were getting was that people wanted a different, unique option versus what they can just buy every day. So we're going to sure. take that Sabre mindset and make a Sabre line across the board. Um, right. We'll even have like a Sabre dagger and everything, right? You know, it's going to be more of a higher end models, but, you know, I think we lay the foundation with what we do every day and then we give uh, customers and consumers more options to go to the next level. Sure. Um, when are we getting more carry handle uppers? Um, they are trying. Uh, that's all I can say. You know, like the, the H and R team, um, those guys, they, they're doing a really, really good job of trying to get that stuff out into the market. And it's just Mike Wetland who runs H and R, he was the former owner of Nodax Bud. And so this is like a super, he is super passionate, I will say, and I'll use that word for what he does. So right. like he literally, and those guys are in there are like hand deburring things, hand polishing things, like making the stuff perfect to get to the consumer. And that, that stuff takes time. I mean, it just, yeah. it just does, it just does. And so obviously we, 
they're coming and we sell them every day and we're getting more every day. But at the same time, like the mindset of where we're at, we want to make sure they're all perfect. So when that happens, it's hard to scale. And yeah. so, um, you know, like the AR side, the AK side, we figured out how to scale and, and mass produce a lot of that stuff. Even like some of the saber stuff. I mean, some stuff takes a long time to build. It's not just like throwing it together like adult Legos. Like this gun right behind me here, that has a timed barrel nut. And so you have to like literally screw the handguard on. It doesn't just slide on like a normal handguard. You have to thread it and screw it onto the barrel nut and torque it down and time it and you shim like it's it the stuff is more difficult than just adult Legos like AR. I know and I think sometimes, you know, people have grown so accustomed to you guys being so accommodating to your clientele that they forget what it takes or what goes into some of this. Like, this isn't just uh, where they're taking custom orders where, hey, you want this, and they're just do-do-do-do-do, here's your order out to you. Like, you guys are still a large manufacturing company. Like, they need to take that into consideration, but... Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, we, again, it's all mass producible, right? That is the mindset, right? And that's like the key buzzword, right? So it's like, okay, well, we can build one of anything, but how do we build enough of everything? I, sure. It's, it's hard. You have to balance that, right? You know, like, trust me, like, you know, back to Shade, uh, Shad's comment about the custom shop. I'd love, I'd love to be able to do that, right? And I'd love to be able to do that, especially on the AK side where it's like, I want this gas block with this trunnion, with this trigger. Like, I'd love to be able to do that. It is just not beneficial for us. So that's why we just went and said, okay, well, we're going to have a variety and yeah. we're going to give you as close to everything that we think we can offer in a mass producible format. Right? Sure. You know, it's just, it's more beneficial to us. Do you think that any, at, at some point in time, like down the road, do you think that you guys could do that digitally where like, like I can go on Nike's website and I can design a shoe where they like write my name on the back of it and they, it's all custom, but you pay a fucking fortune for it where if it was just straight from the store, I'd pay 60 bucks, but I'm yeah. actually going to pay $300. Yeah, so Would like, you guys be ever see that being something where like if somebody's willing to really legitimately pay the price? I don't want to say no. Yeah. But probably, probably not. not. So like, again, like kind of like what I did on the Saber line is, is like, for instance, last Friday we launched, like we, we did a whole bunch of SKUs with Geisley handguards and FM barrels, right? Well, right. It's, the same, it's the same barrel, same rail, same upper, same BCG, same charging handle. But what we did is we have five different options for a suppressor mount on the front of it, right? Right. So, but we build like 50 of each of them, right? So it's not like you're building one, 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 you're building 50 of each, right? And so like the way we do our website, we don't do where we just put every skew in stock and you buy it. And then we build to order, we build everything and it's in stock physically. So that way, when you buy it, it ships faster. Right. Sure. That's how we were able to get around like a lot of the Washington and the Illinois stuff. Right. We're pushing that stuff to the front of the line because it's physically in stock and we're getting it out right away. Right. Like we don't have these, like some companies just have like everything available on their website. And then once someone buys it, it creates like a work order and then they go out to the shop, pull it, build it, whatever. And it goes out. 
but ours is is it's already built it's done it's over now you know sometimes it's which is why it's at your ffl in fucking two days yeah Yeah. and so and you know and obviously we've done a lot over the last couple years because a lot of people were complaining oh the shipping times 10 to 15 days that's ridiculous because the amazon mindset right you know you order you want it in two days right we still have that right that's a part of who we are as a consumer now sure I i paid for it i want it right now right but at the end of the day also you know these are firearms. So, you yeah. know, you know, things take time. And so especially going to an FFL, we got to make sure we have it on file and check things and, 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 and verify. And compliance so, and uh, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love compliance. <laughs> um, would like to know if they've considered making any youth models. I actually really like this question. I'm curious if you guys have thought about doing that. Um. Yeah. Yes. I mean, obviously, I, absolutely. We've thought about it. Um, it's a matter of what we want to do with it. Right. I mean, I think we'll, right. we have some cool stuff that's going to be coming. I think that we're going to, you know, like this year for SHOT Show was the first year. And I've been here since the companies that I've been here that we didn't announce 90% of the stuff we had at SHOT Show until SHOT Show happened. Right. right. We kept everything under wraps that we we're working on. Okay. Yeah. What I will say for the SHOT Show in 2023 there's a lot of cool stuff coming that is going to be like 50 state legal type option stuff, you know, and in that mindset, some of that stuff could potentially be what you're talking about. Sure. Okay. Still not going to tell me everything and I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. (laughs) Um, Why do you hate my wallet so much? I got shit yesterday. I was like, they said, Heather, you're killing my bank account. Um, when are they releasing the 15 round mags for Glock 48 they showed at SHOT Show? That's the micro dagger mag. Um, that is, I don't know, hopefully a month. Okay. I, would say, I would say sometime this summer. Okay. Um, this is sounds like a very passive aggressive message. Why won't they ship perfectly legal firearms and parts to Massachusetts? don't live in a liberal hellhole and you would probably get more firearms. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Are we air? I don't even, I'm not even going to. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so let's talk about that for just a second real fast. Cause I want to give you guys some major props and I wish I would have done this before Josiah left. And I know I don't have you for a a much longer. I've kept you for a long time, but, um, the, the work that you guys did in Washington before Inslee signed the bill into law and the work that you're now doing in Illinois, it was immediate. They, the judge said, issued the stay on in uh, the injunction, I guess. On yeah. Friday, by Monday, you guys were already shipping out. We were shipping out Friday night. Okay, even better. So, so well... We were receiving taking the orders. The yeah, injunction happened. Literally thirty minutes later, we opened up the Illinois sales back onto the website, and so you know we were taking orders all weekend for Illinois, and then Monday it was like, okay, now we have to react and get these out the door as soon as possible because there might be a stay put in or right. something will happen, so we need to get them out right. So there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes where. 
you know, it's a lot of pants on fire, you know, Rob, you know, trying to get the stuff out the door right away. Right. You know, um, like I said, kind of back to the point about availability on the website, right? Like a lot of times it's like, Hey, this is in stock ready to go. But in some other instances, it's like, Hey, we're going to build this today. It's going to be in stock, you know, at four 30 this afternoon, it might not be physically out all the way through QC or whatever, but it'll be there within a couple hours. Right. But when that happens, like Washington, me and some of my guys will go through, you know, mainly it's the supervisors and the manufacturing managers now that took over the shop for me. Um, so I can work on this brand stuff. It's those guys are out there literally with orders in their hands that are coming in live, going out there, getting the gun, walking it to test fire, walking it to the quality, walking it to packing, walking it to the, to the truck and getting it right. on the truck and getting it out. Like that is how serious we are about getting these firearms and freedom out to our customers. Like these, like, it's not just like some random person. Like we have like leaders, like managers, supervisors, you know, directors, you know, out there getting product on the truck. Funny story during freedom week of California, when that happened, we all worked, I don't know, 15, 16 hours. That was the mag thing in, in California. We pulled all of the supervisors and leaders and managers and stuff from manufacturing. And we all helped out in the distribution center. Jamin, the owner of the company is out there packing boxes with us, wearing penny loafers, getting <laughs> blisters on his feet. His wife is out there with us. Miss Deborah is out there with us packing orders. I'm out there picking orders. I'm out there doing this stuff to get this stuff on the cutoff date on the truck by the time it needs to ship. And that right there is kind of who we are as a company. It's not just, you know, just, you know, our, our standard guys, like, you know, not saying anything against them, but we are invested at the leadership role in right. taking care of our customers to the fullest extent. Like I'm telling you. Do you, you guys like, have just to know kind of the inner workings because you are dealing with tons of fucked up legislation and so like, it would be great if everything that you produce was 50 state legal. So you guys wouldn't have to field all these stupid questions from people that are like, is, can this go to California? Can this, yep. and, and like 90% of the shit cannot go to California. <laughs> but um, do you guys have like in-house legal counsel that's constantly like monitoring the different state laws so that you guys are in compliance? How does that work for you? So we have, yes, we have like legal counsel, obviously. But so, uh Jamin, uh, Jamin, the owner's wife is the chief of compliance. So when he started the company, she kind of took over the legal like compliance side, studying that side. And she does a, a fantastic job at what she does. Yeah. And so, but she has a team of people under her on the compliance side that like, like handle, like we have a director of compliance and those guys and then compliance managers and stuff. And we have people directly that update the website in real time or like, change, tweak things like edit the code or whatever on the back end to be able, you know, like all that stuff. So we are like real time, like, you know, like if something comes yeah. down, we can go in, do whatever we need to do, boom, 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 then we're done. Right. Um, but yes, I mean, we do have a legal counsel, right? I mean, obviously we're a big enough company that we should have that. Right. So we do. Sure. Um, but then we also have a lot of people in here. That's, that's what they do for a living for our company. They study the compliance side of things. They, they know every, you know, not every answer right away, but they know how to do the research. They know how to do this. Like a couple of sure. the guys just had a, a, a compliance conference in Atlanta. So a couple of the team went down there and they were there for three or four days dealing with that, learning about this, learning about that, like constantly involved of what's going on. 
Is that hard for you guys? Like the fluid change, like as, as that's moving. And then I also want to ask like a secondary question to that. So there are three factors and I, I don't want to get like, I don't, I do run a political show and I don't want to like force you into the muck. Um, but I'm curious just about this a little bit. So are you starting to see kind of a, a national divorce type situation where you're shipping almost exclusively to certain states because other states either A, aren't purchasing it or they're just giving up because they know it's not available to them? Or are you still seeing a large number of people asking for items that they just can't get because they're in a state where it's not eligible? Does that I make mean, sense? Yeah. So I'll say this. So we the way that our website works if there is something that they cannot purchase in their state it will not allow them to purchase it okay nice so but that doesn't exclude the people to comment on every post saying you know you're not supporting the second amendment because you're not shipping legal gun parts to massachusetts right like right. you know shit like that right um which obviously in a perfect world we'd love to but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and so right. and there's also a lot of things that people don't understand what the back side of some stuff is right right so sometimes you have to if something could be interpreted and that's the dumb dumb shit with some of the laws being passed it's like up to interpretation or it's this could be used in this, but really it's meant for this, but you can actually use it for this. So then now what, right? What do you right. do with that sense, right? And our job, the compliance team's job is to protect our company, right? right. You know, like we have over a thousand employees that we have to make sure that they can go home and put food on their table for their family. And that is- Absolutely. That is our job. And at yeah. the end of the day, you know? Yep. Um. So this one says, what are they doing to improve their QA, QC processes as they warranty return? Uh, I think that was a mistake on the, as they receive data from warranty returns. Yeah. Love them, but the last two purchases have had to go back. So are you guys working on the QC stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Every single day, you know, and obviously, you know, hey, I'm sorry you had some issues. You know, obviously, if you if you need anything. Um, you know, I commented on, on her post today, I'm Cameron Tapler on there, shoot me a DM, I'll take care of you, you know, I'll go out of my way to help you out. You know, I commented on it today. So, um, absolutely. I'd help you out, but, um, but absolutely. I mean, the volume that we're doing, right. Obviously we don't ever want to send out a bad gun. That is not our intent. That is not what we want to do. We take sure. pride in what we do every single day. And, and honestly, you know, when I took over QC, three or four years ago, you know, it, I feel like from where we were then to where we are now, I mean, even then is like every week we're get constantly getting better. Um, you know, we, the, over the last couple of years, we took a really big focus in on what we do. We have a giant incoming quality lab now. And so there's scanning devices, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, we had some equipment back four or five years ago, but like just the way that technology is now and what the way you can do things now has evolved, which helped us kind of do the same thing. Sure. Um, obviously we're not perfect, but I, I will say this, like our, our repair slash warranty rate that we have is 
really low. Low. You know, for instance. So I was going to say, that's the first time I've actually ever heard anybody complain, but I didn't want him to be like, you didn't ask my question because it was negative. No, No, listen, like I will, like I told you in the beginning, we are not perfect. I don't say we are perfect, but it's about what you do to be better. Right. And that's one of my biggest things is how do we get better every day? We absolutely look at every single repair. So just for a fun fact for for everyone listening and you, in our production meeting that we have every morning, which has Jamin, the owner of the company in it, bunch of directors, production staff, planners, all this stuff. We literally go over every single repair line at a time that came in the day before. Wow. So every single one of us from the low to the high are invested in every single firearm that comes back in, right? We have added additional staffing on the sustaining side. So we have a sustaining engineering team um, that we have about four or five guys that are solely dedicated to helping out the shop floor, quality, fixing, diagnosing problems and all this stuff um, just to try and continuously get better. That is our goal is to continuously improve every single day. Um, So we, we, like I said, again, we're not perfect, but for example, for the amount of firearms we produced yesterday, which was probably closer to 3000 to 3,500 firearms produced yesterday, we got in seven repairs. That's awesome. And I know then when I say that stuff, then someone's always like, yeah, but how many people are fixing it on their own? Okay. All right. But think about the numbers. You can right? control like, that. Yeah. Yes. Think about the numbers. And I will say this and, and, and not to kind of like throw shade at anyone, but a lot of the repairs that we get in every day are, are user customers. error. Yes, yeah. Of, I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Now some of it is our stuff. Like in, by all means, I'm, again, not saying we're perfect. Sure. Right. But we will make it right. That's that's what we do. Yeah. That's why I love you guys. Um, okay, just a couple more questions and then I'm going to let you go. Yep. Um, Micro Dagger, we've already talked about. Yep. Um, open store in Texas suppressors. Talked about that already. Yep. Um, oh, this was a really good question. Uh, it says, can I come there and build a rifle with your help because it's been a really long time since I actually put one together. Do you have any forward facing, like, could they go to the store in Myrtle beach and, and assemble one with you guys? Or how does that work? We talked about doing it at one point. Um, I'd love to be able to offer it. I'd I'd love, I'd love. You guys should do some classes or something out of the store. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, the problem is, I want to say it's a problem. The, the, it just, it, how do I word this? Maybe there's legal ramifications there. Is that? There are some, there are some, right? There are some, but you could get around it, right? You can make everyone do a 4473 on the firearm before you build it and things like that. Right. Like there's ways to get around it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot. So like the retail stores, like a lot of those guys, they're retail employees, right? So, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm not saying that they're not knowledgeable, right? Or right. they don't know how to do it, right? But you would almost have to have it someone dedicated from like a manufacturing background or something like that to go there and schedule a class and, and do that. Um, and there's just there's just a lot going on. Like, I mean, that's just, I'm not yeah. going to bullshit the answer. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot going on, right? Like, right. I mean, like, well, you know, okay. So then let me make, let me do this. I There are tons of gun videos out there. But it would be really cool if you guys are going to start this podcast. It would be awesome if you guys would do a, a full build from start to finish on a video Can't put of your own products. 
huh? put it on YouTube. Put it on Rumble. I, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly. So here's what here. Let me lay out the next. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like be dismissive. No, I, I yeah. No, no, no. So let me lay out the next six months, okay? So as far as stuff that I'm working on, right? So the goal is is to start a podcast, right? The goal is is to release a podcast biweekly, right? That's gonna be our goal, right? Now, obviously, I'm building guns and coming up with new shit. So like. I don't know if that's realistic or not. Yeah, I'm yeah. supposed to have a morning show every day and it yeah. does not happen yeah, every yeah, day. <laughs> right? So that is the that is the goal. Bi-weekly, right? Or yeah, so twice a month. In the off weeks, the goal would be to release content. Sure. And that content would be based around, hey, we're launching this new. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Lock up handguard. That threads onto the barrel nut. And we're going to do wow. an installation video on YouTube to show you how to do it. And how does how does it work, right? Things like that. That is going to be what we're going to be doing a lot of yeah. in the near, near, near future. So, um, you know, obviously a lot of the comments I see on social media and, and around the, the different people talking is, um, hey, you guys have you know, a YouTube, but you never post shit on there, right? Well, we're going to start doing better at that. We're going to start doing things like that, you know, I mean, sure. and, and sharing them, not just on YouTube, but like you said, Rumble and some of these other places, um, you know, but again, the problem is, so we actually, you know, obviously with the whole YouTube shit that happened in the last like couple months, like, you know, if you attach a suppressor, you know, it's like, we're going to take your videos down, like things like that. So we yeah. actually, we actually had a bunch of our videos taken down because in the, like in in the past, our old marketing guy, um, he did a bunch of videos on like how to's and things like that. And all those videos kept getting struck down like a year after they were posted. Right. Um, and so we were getting like close to getting our account wiped out of YouTube. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we're going to have a lot of videos showing like how to do this or how to do that or how to how do we do this and, and things like that. That'll be coming in the near future. Awesome. Um, and then it said... Oh, that's just another, that's the MP5 question. Uh, will PSA enter the suppressor market and bring inexpensive suppressors to the masses? So we own AAC, right? Not PSA, right? So right. the JG Capital owns the AAC um, suppressors. So, I mean, there they are. I mean, I don't think, I want to say it's not going to happen, but, you know, now if they said tomorrow that you can do a 4473 on a suppressor and not have to do a form four or whatever, then absolutely. I think we would tool up the next day to start making suppressors immediately. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that that's their wheelhouse. So we're going to let them guys handle that. Um, okay. Just kidding. I've got just a couple more questions because they that's came fine. in late. Fire them off. Um. Oh, nope, just one more. It says, if I beg them enough, can they make a jackal barrel in 350 legend? No. Yep, nope, sorry. No, it's not going to happen for you. It's just not, it's like, not to sound like I'm being a dick, but it's just not. Yeah. We would sell probably one a week and you would be right. the only guy buying it. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, we have some okay. other calibers coming in the jackal, so we're going to focus on that. Um, but yeah. So I'm going to personally ask you one more question to end the show. What are like the three things coming product wise that you're most excited about? Oh my gosh. The crank for sure, just because it's iconic, right? The way it looks and, and then all that. And so you'll quit getting bothered about it. 
Yeah, no, that is absolutely an iconic thing. Um, the 300 blackout AK, because again, I'm a suppressor guy. So um, I love anything suppressed. You know, obviously 300 blackout is a great suppressed round. You know, it's what I, it's what I hunt with. It's, you know, again, I don't shoot guns if they're not suppressed. I'm bougie. And so, um, you know, I love He's that. one of those gatekeepers in the gun community, you guys. Yeah, yeah no, I, well, I, I won't judge you if you want to shoot it. But at the same time, I don't want to have to worry about packing hearing pro in my truck because my right. kids get shit in my truck and throw it out all the damn time. So, I, <laughs> I, you know, I always just keep a suppressor with me, you know, let me right. do that instead. Um, no, and then um, my Saber 308 line that's coming, we got some really cool stuff coming on the Saber 308 line. We're going to have like guaranteed sub FOA guns. We're going to be doing some like not retro guns, but like some clonish type style, big board caliber type guns, you know, nice. Um, that's what you kind of can see right here. And you'll probably be the only person in public that's ever seen this other than some people in here. But that gas block out there is not the gas block that's going to be coming on that. So anyone who watches this video is going to know what I'm talking about. Um, so, but yeah, we got some, uh, we got some cool stuff coming. I mean, I, you know, that, that would be my top three. Um, obviously the RPK that's coming soon too. I, I'm a, I'm a rifle guy. I, it's not that I don't like pistols, but I like, I'm a hunter. I'm a big time hunter. So I got hunt all the time. So I, I just like was raised shooting long guns. And so I'm a long gun kind of guy and, you know, AKs are kind of my baby. And so the saber line is kind of my stuff too. So that's kind of like my, my focus. But again, I'm, I'm also excited the podcast side of things, you know, I'm going to be doing that. That's going to be me. You're going to be seeing me on that stuff. That's I awesome. want to, my goal is to give people in the, that are our customers a face to who we are, what we right. do, what we stand for. You know, like I told you in the beginning, we were laughing about it. It's like, hey, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. I'm 100% fucking serious about that. Yeah. Right? And so I want people to know who we are and what we do, right? Like a lot of times like people- well, I mean, just know. like that question just now about you guys getting in suppressors. Like they didn't even know that you guys are already in the right? game or, there. Or caliber coffee. People don't know that we're doing coffee. Yeah. People don't still don't know that we're doing ammo, right? So like right. my goal when I do this podcast is, is I want people to- um, I want to, I have a lot of like of my, my guys here and then the people here that I work with every day that I want to bring on to tell their story. Right. Yeah. And I, I want to be able to tell a story about who we are, uh, what we stand for, where we're going and where we're heading going into 2023 and beyond. And so, you know, I want to bring on a lot of the engineers to talk about their projects they're working on and give them like show off some stuff like, Hey, like, you know, at SHOT Show, you can see stuff, but that's only if you're really insider, right? And sure. then at the NRA Show, we don't really bring all of our concept guns or stuff that we're working on that's a ways out. But like, hey, why don't you guys come on and let's talk about it, right? I want right. I want to be able to give people a face to the name and get to know these people on a personal level. Because at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of gun-loving nuts here that love guns and love yeah. what we do. And I want to project that out to people out there and, and be able to have, to have a face to see what we're talking about and who we are. I want them to get to know us. I want them to think of us as more of like a buddy and like, like a, a, a family a, or a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, because at the end of the day, I feel like we're normal people. I think there's like some companies out there, not not just the firearms community that are not, they're not personable. They're not this. They're just business. They're just. They're disconnected. Money. They're. Yeah, like, I mean, like our whole, again, our whole business model is to, to, to spread freedom and, and get as many firearms out into common use into the law-abiding citizens' hands. And that's what our job is. And I want to, we take that seriously. I mean, we have a sign in the shop that says we build freedom. 
And so yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, so we take it seriously. I mean, that's, that's kind of my focus. I'm really excited about this podcast and I want to push it out there. I want to bring in the firearms community. I don't want it to just be a PSA podcast. Right. So like I right. when I pitched it to the owners. I was like, Hey, here's what I want to do. Right. I want yeah. to have a podcast. I want it to be a, the foundation to be a PSA podcast, but I want to bring people on. I want to bring on the Sonoran Desert Institute guys, the gun owners of America guys, some YouTubers, like, you know, bring the firearm industry on. Like, you know, we do a lot of business with like Vortex, like bring them on. Like, let's talk yeah. about what you guys got coming up and let's bring, you know, the Hollison guys and the SIG guys. And like, you know, just, br- I just want it to be a community firearms podcast. Right. And I feel like there's not enough of that being talked about because you know, everyone sometimes they want to talk crap or whatever, like we talked about earlier, sure. you know, but I, I just want to grow the community together because the only way we're ever going to survive this and keep pushing forward is, is if we come together as a team and really have one voice going forward. You know, it's okay Absolutely. to be different and it's okay to have competition, right? Because that's what makes everybody better. Makes um, it healthy, yeah. It's healthy, yeah, 100%. And so I just want to kind of keep pushing us forward and, and, and not just PSA, but um, the firearms community, because um, I, I think without it, we'd be we'd be screwed as a as a um, country. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Couldn't agree more. Best way to end the show. Um, you guys, you know who they are. My affiliate link, you, QR code up there. It'll also be in the show description if you want to go check them out and help me get credit. Because then I can make Cameron come to Indian Apocalypse in October. And he'll get to forward face with you guys. So yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. If I can make it work with my two kids and my wife, I'd love to be there. You bring them with you. We camp out. We eat food all weekend. We shoot guns. It's a lot of fun. Hold on. My wife is not the camping type, okay? Yeah, she will. I got to say that quietly in case she listens to this. But she's not the type, okay? Is there going to be showers there? Is there no showers? There? Yeah, she is in the house. She can shower. Okay. Okay. Well, then maybe I can get her to come. Yeah. We got a camper she can stay in too if it's if she's yeah, we're good. As long as she can watch the Bravo shows, she'll be happy. <laughs> All right, you guys take care. Have a wonderful day. Um, whatever time you're watching this. Cameron, thank you so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate, no, I appreciate you. you. I th- appreciate everything you do. I appreciate what y'all do. And you know, I, uh, again, we're we, we we appreciate it very much. Thank you for your time. No problem. You take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to be notified whenever we have another episode come up, please subscribe. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Please make it a great day in America. This is the country where few people leave, too many people want to enter, and dead people still vote. Take care. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death!